Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman. I'm a registered dietitian specializing in intuitive eating and health at every size. I'm also the founder of the Intuitive RD, a project that aims to provide weight-inclusive nutrition education through workshops, online courses, retreats, written content, and private counseling. Join me as we explore the foundations of the non-diet approach to health and wellness and chat with leading professionals in the field. Hey guys, welcome to episode 19 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about deprivation and some of the kind of various ways that can show up in your relationship to food um, and how that can kind of cause ripple effects. Uh, but before I go into the, today's topic, um, just a couple of things I wanted to bring to your attention. So first of all, if you found my podcast through iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and you're not following me on Instagram, um, you can check me out there at the intuitive underscore RD. Um, so that is a really good place to get all of my content and also a good place to, you know, find my online courses that are available in intuitive eating um, and just other resources that I have. Um, so go check that out. Also, um, definitely go leave me a rating if you haven't already on iTunes. So you can just click the stars, you know, it's one through five or whatever, um, to rate the podcast. Or if you have a couple extra minutes, um, just writing a quick blurb about um, what you think about it and what you're getting out of it and leaving a review, that would be super helpful as well. Um, So that is all I have for you for an introduction today. Um, So let's jump right in and talk more about deprivation. So the reason I'm so, so passionate about this topic is because it's something that I completely overlooked during my my studies um, becoming a dietitian. Um, and in my undergraduate, undergraduate studies um, in nutrition, I thought that I understood what deprivation was. I thought that um, well, essentially what I thought it was, and I, I saw it through this, this very narrow lens of physical deprivation. Um, and even though I, I understood that, I really didn't understand the full implications of what that can, what can, that, that can do to somebody. Um, but really I, I did see deprivation through this narrow lens. Um, what I have come to find kind of in looking back at my own experience is that I was experiencing deprivation in so many ways and I had no idea. I thought that I was just, you know, following um, kind of recommendations that made sense, you know, tracking my calories and um, kind of following quote unquote appropriate serving sizes. Um, And I thought I was doing things that you know, would totally be helpful to me, that would totally serve me. Um, And in retrospect, I look back and realize that there were so many ways that I was depriving myself and that I was experiencing deprivation. Um, So again, that's why I'm so passionate about this particular topic. Um, So let's dive a little bit deeper into that and let me explain kind of what I'm talking about here. So um, there are a few ways that deprivation can show up in your relationship to food. The first, and I think the most obvious, is physical deprivation. So what this looks like, and again, I can relate to this as well, um, this looks like not having enough energy, 
Um, so basically your body's asking for a certain amount of energy to run its normal functions and get you walking around doing your normal business and you are not giving it that number of calories or you're not giving it that amount of calories in the right, or not, I don't want to say the right, um, in the, I guess the, the way that it's asking for them. So what that might look like is, you know, not um, like skipping meals and eating only a, a couple um, times throughout the day later in the day. So then your body's kind of deprived of those calories early in the, earlier in the day. So that is an example of physical deprivation, right? Like your body is not physically getting the its energy needs met. Um, and what that can do is it can make you super, super hungry. It can make you super, super obsessed with food, right? Um, and this is something that, again, I'm raising my hand over here because this is exactly what happened to me when I was in high school, right? I was depriving myself of calories because I thought that that's what I should be doing to get a particular, you know, my body to look a particular way. And um, I thought that that was the right way of going about it. So I was physically depriving myself of calories and I was obsessing about everything I put into my mouth. Um, I was obsessing about, you know, different recipes and things that I could make. And I loved food. I loved sweets. I was obsessed with them. I thought that I just, there was something kind of wrong with me that I loved food so much in kind of a way that felt scary and not super healthy. Um, and so that kind of led me, of course, into pursuing this degree in nutrition and becoming a dietitian. And of course, I'm very grateful for that. But the funny thing looking back is that I was so obsessed with food simply because I was depriving myself physically of, of those needs. So, so some, these are some of the things that happen when we physically deprive ourselves of food. Um, we obsess, we think about food all the time, we maybe overeat, we go through periods of restricting and then overeating and then back to restricting. Um, and that is our body's mechanism of trying to make sure that we get enough calories kind of averaged out over time. So it does everything in its power by releasing hunger hormones, um, by slowing your metabolism, by making you not want to go to the gym and just kind of hang out on the couch. Um, it, you know, it makes you not want to expend energy is essentially what I mean there. So there are various ways that your body is kind of trying to compensate when you under eat and you physically deprive yourself. Um, okay, so that I think is the most obvious form of deprivation. Um, the ones that I didn't see as much um, before that have impacted me so much in my journey, um, firstly, psychological deprivation. Um, so what I mean by psychological depri deprivation is that you are not getting the full experience of eating a particular food because you're so wrapped up in telling yourself that you're bad for eating it or you know, you're shoveling it in your mouth because you're afraid that somebody's going to walk in the room and see you, um, you know, things like that. You're being secretive in your eating. Um, or again, just kind of on a basic level, like you're sitting there shoveling the ice cream into your mouth or shoveling the chocolate into your mouth and just thinking about what you're going to have to do tomorrow to kind of make up for this or, you know, kind of um, berating yourself and telling yourself that you're you're bad for 
um, for eating these things or for wanting these things or there's something wrong with you. So you're psychologically just like kind of taking up that experience, the space of that experience with all this negative emotion. Um, So what happens then is that you finish eating whatever it is that you're eating and you still feel like you want more, you feel unsatisfied, you feel unhappy, there's nothing kind of good that's coming out of that experience. Um, And I certainly, certainly experienced that. Um, For me, something that has always been kind of a struggle, I would say, is that I would get cravings and still do to this day I kind of get um, some kind of craving in the evening for something sweet I labeled this as bad I labeled this as wrong I labeled this as something I should try to control eliminate get rid of um, whatever and by doing that I kind of um, set myself up for a lot of craziness around food and around my relationship to sweets um so I what I would do uh, this was kind of a routine for me at one point was that I would tell myself that I shouldn't eat anything after dinner or shouldn't eat anything sweet after dinner so then I would kind of take all the stuff out of the house that would I would usually be interested in eating at that time and then what would happen was a couple months would go by or maybe less than that. It really depended on the situation um, or the time. Uh, And then I would all of a sudden start grabbing things at the grocery store that were sweet and I would start eating a lot of them at night. Um, I would eat large portions of them. I would kind of go crazy with it a little bit um, and then I would feel really bad about it. Um, and then I would try and find substitutes and be like, oh, maybe I'm just like craving, you know, fruit or something. And maybe I just need fruit instead of this chocolate that is calling my name. Um, so I would try and eat fruit and I would usually, again, feel like totally, completely unsatisfied. I wasn't physically deprived because I was still eating something and I was getting kind of what my body needed in terms of energy needs. But I wasn't satisfying that actual craving, that psychological, emotional, whatever craving for a particular food. I was kind of shoving that to the side. Um, And therefore, again, I left myself feeling that deprivation so strongly. And I left myself thinking more about sweets, thinking more about chocolate, thinking more about the things that I wasn't allowing myself to have. Um, So this was just kind of a nasty, nasty cycle. Um, Another thing that I would do, um, which is almost kind of a mix of physical deprivation and psychological deprivation, would be, um, you know, at different points in my my journey, I would allow myself to have, you know, let's just say chocolate or whatever, or ice cream at night. But it was like under these kind of strict rules, right? So it would be like, okay, I can have it, but I'm not really going to allow myself to have it until like, I don't know, 9 p.m. or like whatever. So it would be 6 p.m. I would have finished dinner. I'm thinking about the chocolate, but I'm saying, oh, I'm not going to have it yet. I'm going to wait. So I'd be kind of pushing off and delaying um, that reward for myself. Um, And the interesting thing about that is that when I actually did eat the chocolate at 9 p.m., it became this really, really intense experience because I had delayed it for three hours or maybe more. Um, and I had become elevated in my brain to this like um, this experience that I was only allowed under certain conditions and therefore it was more appealing, more tempting, um, 
more rewarding, I guess, just really simply put. So then I would end up, you know, eating my one piece of chocolate that I allowed myself, quote unquote. Um, and then I'd be like, oh, maybe I'll eat one more and I'd have another. And like, you know, depending on the night, maybe I'd eat a lot, a lot of chocolate to the point where it really didn't feel physically good for me. And then I would sit there and say, oh my gosh, I can't trust myself around chocolate. Like I clearly just like, you know, can't have it around. Like clearly I I can't just have like one square, which is the uh, quote unquote appropriate amount that I shouldn't be allowing myself. So maybe I just shouldn't be having it at all. But the interesting thing is that if I had just at 6 p.m. when I got the craving for chocolate, had just eaten the chocolate then, I wouldn't have gone through all of this craziness um, and feeling so out of control with that food because I would have been satisfied in that moment. I would have gotten the thing that I was craving and that whole craziness of elevating the experience and elevating the reward would have completely dropped away. And I can confirm that in my experience because now I'm in a very different place with how I approach, you know, sweets and my cravings and and, um, I really do my best to honor them when I have the ability to do so. And it really honestly, truly has been just um, such a calming experience Uh, and it's really taken away some of that obsession around my relationship to, to sweets and things that I, that I'm craving. Um, so I can definitely attest to that. So, so that is one way that this like psychological deprivation showed up. And there's one other type of deprivation that I wanted to break down for you guys. Um, and this is this idea of future deprivation. Um, and this really weaves in a lot of the concepts that we've already been talking about, but I think that it's pertinent for this type, um, this time of year. Um, so one way that future deprivation can kind of play out is um, in the case of food scarcity. Um, and this would be like if you grew up in a family where food was not always available or you're currently in a family that the food is not always available and it kind of goes through these uh, periods where there's a lot of food available, plen- you know, it's plentiful and then all of a sudden there's really not a lot of food or there's no food available. Um, it's these kind of highs and lows. Um, and in this situation, like you have this sense of future deprivation, right? Like you're seeing this pattern of, okay, sometimes food is available and I know that it's not going to be that way forever. Like there's going to be a point where we don't have a lot of food around. So I better eat a lot of it now. I, I better get it all in now because there's this end point. Another way this plays out, and I think that, again, it's so pertinent this time of year, is in this holiday eating um, environment, I guess you can put it. So um, there's this pattern in our culture where we have kind of this, um, I don't know, this around the holidays, it's like, okay, it's just kind of downhill from here, right? Like, come, I don't know, November, it's like there's just event after event, I'm going to eat all this food that I never get to eat. So I'm probably going to eat a lot of it. And there's lots of sweets and rich foods that I don't normally get to enjoy. So it's just going to be crazy. And, uh, you know, I'm going to gain weight or all this stuff's going to happen and, and whatever. There's all this kind of fear and this kind of um, anticipation of it just not going well. And then on top of that, there's this idea of future deprivation that when January comes, all of a sudden this has to end, right? Like I don't get to do this come January. In January, I'm going to, you know, 
quote unquote, get back on the wagon, get back on my diet, get back in shape, you know, quote unquote, to all of this. Um, And therefore, there's this idea that, okay, there's all these foods I don't normally get to enjoy. And also, I know that I won't be able to um, be eating a lot of food or kind of an an amount that feels satisfying to me come January. So I'm going to get a lot, a lot of it in now. So my point in talking about this particular um, type of deprivation is to say that by anticipating deprivation in the future for whatever reason, it impacts our current way that we go about eating food and being around food and how we think about food and how much we think about food and how much we obsess about food, even though there's no actual like deprivation to point in the in the present moment. Um, but just that anticipation of having that deprivation in the future and knowing that it's coming, um, that can impact our relationship to food in this current moment in really, really powerful ways. Okay. Um, so I guess just to kind of loop this all together, um, this conversation about deprivation, I really would encourage you guys to think about the ways that deprivation has shown up in your relationship to food in the past, you know, how it looks now, um, maybe thinking about, you know, some of the ways that deprivation might be kind of hiding um, and being kind of sneaky. And, you know, you may not realize that it's present, but um, hopefully reflecting on it a little bit, you might find um, you might find areas that it, it is popping up. So I really just would encourage you to take that time to do that. Um, again, like I, I said at the beginning here, um, for me, I did not understand that the ways that I was behaving were really so uh, depriving me so greatly. Um, I literally, I, I truly, truly thought that tracking my calories, you know, um, doing, you know, um, measuring out certain portion sizes and, and doing things like that and pushing out and kind of delaying my nighttime sweet. Like I, I really truly believed that those things were the healthiest thing for me. Um, and I believed that they were the best way for me to have, you know, the best nutrition and the healthiest body and all of these different things. Um, and yet they were actually hurting me so much. Um, so, I guess with all that said, I hope you guys um, got something something out of this conversation about deprivation. I hope that you can see that you know it can show up in a lot of different ways. Um, and if you have questions about it, feel free to reach, reach out to me. Um, for sure, I'm I'm always you know willing to to do what I can to explain these concepts. Um, and also. Uh, if you guys don't know about this already, I do uh, offer individual counseling. So if you're interested in working together, um, you know, I can meet with you for a couple sessions. I can meet with you for one session to answer some questions. Um, I also meet with some clients long term. Um, so it really depends on your needs. So feel free to reach out to me that way. Um, Again, I mentioned I mentioned at the beginning of the episode um, my Instagram page. That's a great way to reach me. Um, so you can find me on there at the intuitive underscore rd. That's my username on there. So you can send me a direct message, or you can also um, just send me an email. Uh, my email address is the intuitive rd at gmail.com. Um, so feel free to do that. Uh, and again. 
I'm always going to throw this in here. If you have a moment to leave me a rating on iTunes or leave me a review on iTunes, that would be very, very much appreciated. I really enjoy kind of seeing what you guys are getting out of this and what you're thinking of the podcast. Um, and yeah, I would really appreciate it. It also, of course, does help um, the podcast reach more people if I have these ratings. So that's one of the reasons that I'm kind of obnoxious about <laughs> bringing it up almost every episode. Um, but again, I really do appreciate it if you've taken the time to do that. Um, all right, guys, that is all I have for you this week. Um, I'm going to have another episode coming out next week with a guest. So that is going to be really, really fun. Um, I will talk to you guys soon. I hope you have a great week. All right. Bye-bye.